As uh, Pastor Jessica said, Thanksgiving is this week, which totally blows my mind, I, but I, this is my favorite time of year. And so in honor of Thanksgiving here coming up in a, in a few days, we're going to have a, a special two-week sermon series on Thanksgiving. And so we're going to open up God's Word, and I'm really excited as we dive into God's Word and, and, and see something maybe you, you haven't always seen or picked up on. Many churches use the same little verse out of 1 Thessalonians, and we're actually going to use that verse for the sake of the sermon series. But there's, there's, there's something deeper. Somebody say deeper. In God's word, when, when we pick up on certain little phrases or certain little words, God's always wanting to do something bigger, grander, and deeper. So I'm excited to open up God's word and, and learn about what it means to live inside of God's will. I want to give you the title of my message today. So the title of our message today is God's will, love, God's will, joy, what you need is love too, joy, prayer, and thanksgiving. Say that last word with me. Thanksgiving. So I don't know about you, but this time of year, I, I try to take a, a look, a holistic look at my life and begin to just thank God for all the things that I'm thankful for. Is anybody thankful for something in your life today? I hope you got something. Now, I know it, life can be hard and challenging and Maybe you're in a ditch, and I want you to know God still loves you. And when you're in something hard, in a dark place, it is hard to find something to be thankful for at times. But I want you to know that, th that there's something. There's, there's always something. I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for my amazing family, my amazing wife, my two boys, my amazing girl that we're going to get to meet here in a few weeks. I'm thankful that we had gas in our car today, and... Thankful that I have a job and thankful for my health. I hope you have something that you're thankful for today. And if you do, please tell him how thankful that you are. As I share some of those material things, some more important than others, family is, is, is high priority. But the thing that I'm most thankful for, because I don't have all the stuff, the blessed stuff in my life, if I didn't first, over 10 years ago, come to Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that over 10 years ago, Jesus Christ set me free. He saved me. He redeemed me. He transformed me. He molded me and shaped me into the man that I am today. And I'm thankful that I have Jesus, but I'm thankful that I'm living in God's will. Are you living in God's will today? By faith and obedience. And we're going to see something in Scripture today that, that God's will is, it stretches, it stretches to the ends of the earth. It's God's will that all would believe, that all would come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's God's will that all would belong to Jesus Christ. There's, there's a broad, universal will, and there's a unique and specific will. Who believes God has a plan for your life? Who believes God wants to use your talents and gifts to glorify the church? That's part of his specific and unique will. 
And for me to learn about that unique, specific will, guess what? I got to be faithful and obedient in his standard will. So I'm excited to, to dive into God's word today and kick this Thanksgiving message off together. And so let's open our Bibles. Turn to 1 Thessalonians. Here's the Thanksgiving scripture I promised we would all get. Turn to chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. So look what it says. It says, always be, what? Joyful. Never stop praying. Be, there's our magic word, right? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is what? God's will. How many times have you read that verse and glossed over that part? It says, for this is God's will for you, for who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, for all who belong to Christ Jesus. God's living will and testament in the New Testament is that all would belong to Jesus Christ by faith. That's part of God's will, part of his universal will. Also, part of his universal will is that we will walk in love, right? That we would walk in mercy and grace, that we would forgive others. But according to 1 Thessalonians, part of God's standard will is that we have joy. Is that we pray is that we are thankful in all circumstances have you ever thought that to live in God's will I have to be thankful to reside in God's will I must be a person of prayer to remain in God's will I must be thankful and walk in joy. That is part of God's will for us. Look at that first point for today. So before we unpackage the joy and prayer and thankfulness, I kind of want to just talk about the will of God for our individual lives and for the will of all people. So look what it says. God's will is unique, specific, and universal. God has a unique and specific will for individual lives, but he also has a universal will for all believers. Kind of was just talking about this. God has a universal will that all would come by faith to belong to Christ. That's the, that's the same standard for, for, for all, right? And so, but there's a personal and unique will that God has for each and every single person to help, to help me identify how God wants to use me, how to use my gifts, how to use my talents to serve the church. And another way for us to understand that unique specific will is by being faithful in, in the standard will of God. But also, I need to be transformed. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans 12 too. 
This is a scripture the church uses many times for the transformational work of Christ, for the reminder that we need to be renewing our minds daily, right? And I, I bet we've glossed over the fact that this scripture talks about God's will also. Look what it says in verse 2 there. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be, right? Who knows that verse? Who's heard that verse, right? By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to what? Test and approve God's will. You better highlight that. Underline that today. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. To understand what God wants me to do, I have to be transformed into his image. I need him to transform my mind by the renewing of his word. I need him to transform my desires. Some of y'all need Jesus Christ to transform some of y'all's desires. Right? I know all about evil desires and evil temptations and, and evil thoughts. How does he trans, transform our hearts by transforming our minds? How does he transform our minds by transforming our hearts? Jesus Christ is a transformer. He wants to renew your mind into his image. And when he renews us, I begin to see God's plan, his specific plan, his universal plan for me and my family and my church. I begin to see God's will. I begin to want to live to please God. I begin to want to help others. I begin to see my faith is not all about me, that it's about others. That's part of God's will, that we would love and care for one another. We just spent six weeks on the importance of community and unity and loving and caring for our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. All of these part of God's will for all people, that we could have real freedom, real joy, real peace, Real mercy, real grace. Upon receiving that, thankfulness happens. And, and then I freely give to others what God has given to me. That's part of God's universal will and specific will for all of us. Look at that next point. The universal will of God, it says, unlocks the unique and specific will of God. The more we walk in His universal will, the more we experience His individual will for our lives. Just going to go back and try to beat that nail on the head. Who wants to learn about the specific plan that God has for you? I hope that's somebody. That, that should stir us up. I hope that gets you excited. When you go to prayer and your desire is, God, what is the specific mission you have for me? What is the specific plan you have for me? I, I believe that's all inside of us. God has, has, has placed that inside of us. The desire to be wanted and used by God. You have to see that the more to experience and hear His voice and the more to experience the direction, leadership of the guidance of, of God through His Holy Spirit to help you in that area of unique, specific plan, unique, specific will, that all stems from your faithfulness in walking out His standard, His universal will. How do you walk out his love routinely every day? That's part of his universal will. How do you walk out his joy routinely 
every single day. That's part of his universal will. How do you walk out your prayer life in your daily life? That is part of his universal will. How do you walk out your thanksgiving in your daily life? That is part of his universal will. The more I'm faithful and obedient in those things, the more he reveals to me, come on somebody, in the specific will. The more I can learn about the plan that God has for my specific life as I'm faithful and obedient in his standard will. So, look at that next point. want to say that, that, that God's will, we have to, I'll just read the point. God's will is not a place, it's a decision. Say that word with me. Decision. More specific, it's three decisions. And we kind of read that out of 1 Thessalonians. We have to be joyful. Do you think being joyful is a decision? Okay. Another one is never stop praying. I have to decide that the enemy is not going to steal my prayers, my praise, my thanksgiving. I have to decide that. And last, I have to decide to be thankful in all circumstances. God's will is not this magical place that I just live in, operate in. It, it, it is a, a, a place, but I have to get outside of thinking that it's just this place that I arrive to because you have to understand we're all hopefully moving in the direction that God has for us to a destination. There is a, a final destination, right? A place called heaven, right? And so there is a destination, and I need to live in God's will to get to that destination. And Jesus, to arrive in heaven, the only way you'll get there is if Jesus has led you there. But if I can see and understand, get this, guys, that if I continually decide the right things, decide faith, decide to, to allow the Holy Spirit to guide my actions, to guide my words, that it will lead me to a destination. Destinations are filled with decisions. So if I can routinely make the right decision, today I'm going to choose joy by faith. As you make that decision by faith over and over and over again, you eventually arrive at a deeper, greater level of faith. Where the little things used to just knock you out, kick you down. The little things, the discouraging things. As you, by faith, continue to choose joy through the little things, when the big things get thrown at you. Do you see where I'm going with this? Because you've been faithful in the little, imagine that, you receive greater. And so you can have Joy in the big tests, in the hard decisions, you can still have joy. If you can continue to decide to pray, even when life seems stagnant or static, 
nothing's really going right, nothing's really going wrong, if you can stay faithful and thankful, then you can become a prayer warrior, not, not only when life just feels gray. And Some people only pray when, when all hell's breaking loose in their life. Then they, then they drop to their knees. But if you are by faithful, if you are faithfully praying every day when you get blindsided, you've already been praying. You've already been interceding and, and, and pleading and asking God for him to do something amazing. Thankfulness. We have to daily decide to be thankful in all things and in all circumstances. When I'm thankful in all things, I really, I really feel and believe others can perceive and pick up on that. Somebody who's genuinely thankful. Maybe you work with somebody that stands out why do they stand out? They may stand out because they walk in joy. They have a real thankfulness. I don't know about you, but I, I don't like being around routinely or working with people that are just always negative or always complaining and always just about the job, about the boss, about the, about the whatever. As Christians, God asks us, to be above that. It is part of his specific and universal will that we daily decide to be joyful, to never stop praying, never cease praying, some versions say, and to be thankful in all circumstances. Our decisions lead to destinations. Look at that next point. So for the rest of today, we're going to break down that first one, joy. And next week, we'll wrap up talking about prayer and thanksgiving. But So let's look at that first one for today. God's will for us is to have joy. God's will is that we choose joy on a daily basis. We rejoice by choice. Joy is a choice. And can I tell myself a little bit? Guys, I, I, I struggle when what, what Ian had planned out to happen and to be executed does not get planned and executed. And that is a character defect. That is a, a flaw <laughs> in Pastor Ian. I know Pastor Jessica's probably amening in her head right now. Little, 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 even if it's just a little storm. And part of that is because there's a perfectionist in me. And there's only one perfect thing in, in God's creation, and that's Jesus Christ. Right? When I, when I succumb to those little things that I, I get caught off guard by, it steals, it's designed by the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And my response is my responsibility. And if you're a parent, you have to understand that when, 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 when you're getting frustrated, when you're getting angry, when, when you're not choosing joy, they see that. And so I, I see that, that Xander and Bodie, they can pick up on how dad is, is, is responding is, is, is feeling, right? And so I, I have to get better at making joy a choice. These last few weeks, our family's been under attack, I feel like, in a, a lot of different little areas. One Monday, we're at the park, and uh, I get a phone call from Jessica, and she instantly FaceTime me. She said, what do I do? She's, the video comes up, and our stove's on fire. <laughs> yeah, our house about burned down. 
I said, call 911. I'm at the park in Gunnersville. I'm headed home. In that moment, I, I feel like I did, I did a pretty decent job of, of, of responding by faith. But you don't realize how thankful you are for just the things you take for granted until that thing is almost gone. The house that you live in, it may need a lot of work, but it's a whole lot better now than if it got burnt down. I probably said a thank you prayer to God that night that my house didn't burn down for the first time in a long time. Thank you, God, that we have a roof over our head. It about got burnt down. The next Monday, literally a week from that Monday, I'm at the park again. Somebody say again. Everything's fine. We get home. Me and boys had a great time. I'm making dinner. Jessica's getting the boys ready to go to bed, or not go to bed, get a bath. All of a sudden, I hear a big, oh, my God, babe, what happened to Xander? I'm like, what? I go in there. Xander, within, like, minutes, is swelled up. He's got, he's turning blue. His, his face is all puffy. His lips are all puffy. He's got hives broke out all over his body. I'm like, I, I don't know, so what do I do? Twice in two weeks, we had to call 911. I called 911. Fire department shows up. They check him out. They say he may need to go to the emergency room to keep an eye on him. Praise God, we give him a was it Benadryl. He went good. We thought he wasn't breathing. Turned out to be okay. Praise God. We found out that it was because we believe he got bit by some type of ant. And so now we, we, we know how to plan in advance. But I share that to say, I, I, prob- I hug Xander hard and, and good every day, but I probably haven't hugged my son and been so thankful for my son uh, than I was in, in those moments. It, it, it takes you to realize what you can lose for you to see how thankful you are. Right? I just shared those two little stories. Those, those are those a couple of little minor attacks we've been through the the past few weeks. But in those moments, we have to choose faith. And we have to choose prayer. And we have to choose thanksgiving. In those instances, thanksgiving on the back end is easy. Choosing joy in the midst of other types of circumstances can be harder. When you are holding out, praying for maybe a job promotion that just seems to keep, you keep getting overlooked or skipped, and you choose joy every day, and they keep choosing somebody else, and, and, and you're at your breaking point to where you're about to just start acting like everybody else. It's, it's harder to continue to choose joy in seasons and moments like that, or if you are holding out for prayer and, and healing for somebody that you love, that their body would be healed. Maybe they're going through a traumatic diagnosis, a sickness, an illness, and you keep praying and, and holding out, and you're choosing joy every day, and, and every day it just seems to get harder and harder. I, I sympathize with you. I, 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 I pray with you, but you need to see that even when you don't feel joyful, when you're depressed, when it's hard, when you're in a dark space, you have to continue to choose joy. Because when we do, 
I believe it bends God's face, his ear to us. A daily decision leads to a, an ultimate final destination. And, and when, somebody say when, when that prayer gets answered, you are going to be jumping up and down, hooting and hollering. Ain't nobody going to steal your praise because you stayed faithful. You stayed joyful. You stayed thankful. All the way up to the 12th hour, and bam, God showed up, blessed your faithfulness, blessed your obedience, because we resided and lived and stayed inside of God's will for our lives. Turn to Philippians 4, 4. Quick short verse. What does it say? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He repeated himself. Any parents? What happens when you have to repeat yourself, right? There is a message you want your kids to hear and not just hear. You want them to listen and understand. God, I really feel like, wants us to hear and understand his message. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. If your life is, 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 is hard, it's rocky right now, rejoice. If you're battling an illness, it's hard, but rejoice. Because at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is King. He is Messiah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, God says, I say, rejoice. Look at Galatians 5.22. Look what it says about joy. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Did you know joy is a fruit of the Spirit of God? Walking and living in joy is is a spiritual gift given to us by the Holy Spirit. How can I live in joy, walk in joy, be joyful when my life is really hard, when I've been really hurt, when I went through a traumatic event, been blindsided? How can I, as a Christian, live and walk in joy only by the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot do the things that God can do through you alone. When you talk to people who battled cancer, beat cancer, and and get well, and get healed, has anybody ever talked to, to, to people like that? Going through a real battle, a real struggle, literally staring death in the face, I feel like when you talk to people, and you can't ever understand how you would respond if that was you, but they always seem like the most thankful and joyful people and praying people. When they come on the other side of that, they always say that God used this in my life. And they, they have real joy. And real thankfulness that I think we take for granted. Don't take your health for granted until you get the the health report from the doctor. And now you're going to activate your faith. Let's activate our faith today. Who can activate their faith today? I'm not speaking death, but but all of us are are just one test, one trial, one, one storm away. 
Be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. We, we'll think the grass is greener on the other side, right? That if my life was just like so-and-so's. Be thankful for your life. Be thankful for your life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Go to the next point. God's will is that we will enjoy our lives and choose joy every day. Don't forfeit your joy. If, if, if my joy is, is a daily choice, it's a decision, then don't forfeit your joy. And you'll blame the devil for stealing it. He didn't steal it. You gave it to him. You packaged it up all nice and neat. Let that little thing steal, kill, and destroy your joy that day. Didn't go the way you thought. Didn't go the way that you planned. And you give, you forfeit your joy that Jesus paid for. And you give it to the devil. Turn around and blame him. God's will is that we would enjoy our lives. Jesus paid the price so that you could enjoy your life. He thoroughly wants you to enjoy the life that you have. Not make your life all about your life, but thoroughly be thankful and enjoy the life that Jesus paid for. If we've lost our joy, it's not God's fault. Write this question down. Is God still my first love? Because how we forfeit our joy is somewhere in the murkiness and the muddiness of life, we've made people, places, and things our God. And I forfeit the joy that God purchased for me to have an amazing life because I placed expectations, faith, and other people, places, and things. And when they let me down, my emotions go down. When they're performing to my expectation, my emotions go up, right? I'm thankful when it, my bank account is where I want it to be. When I'm broke, I'm miserable because you've made the dollar your God. Some of us have made our spouse our God. When they perform according to your expectations, you give them praise. You show them love. You show them mercy. You show them grace. When they are underperforming, I'm angry, I'm fussy, I'm short-tempered because you have made that person your God. If I keep Jesus my number one love, you won't experience the ebbs and flows. You can have a standard set joy that says, 
They can act the way they want because they're not my God. I love them. I forgive them. No matter what's in your bank account, you know what's in your heavenly bank account. Because Jesus Christ is your first love. He's, he's your God. He's your joy. He's your, the thing you're thankful for. If we've lost our joy, it is not God's fault. How many times have something happened in our life and we blame God for it? Blaming Him for stealing, killing, and destroying. Jesus said that's what the devil does in John 10.10. 10. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came so that you may have. And He said, life abundant. That point says God's will is that we enjoy our lives and choose joy every day. When I understand that Jesus came to give me abundant life, I'm thankful. I have joy. I have peace. And that peace is something the world cannot steal. No matter how hard it wants to try to steal your peace from you. Look at John 13, excuse me, John 16, 33. This is Jesus. He says, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Have joy, in other words. I have overcome the world. No matter what it looks like, you can have his peace. No matter how hard it gets, you can have his peace. And there is nothing like his peace. If you have ever experienced his peace in the midst of a dark place, you know the comfort of his peace. It surpasses all understanding, the Bible says. All indicators, all signs in the world show the world that you should not have peace when you got that news. All indicators, all signs point to you should be angry, should be cussing at so-and-so, should be throwing a fit, should be getting revenge, should be swearing and, and cussing at God, should be hurting and, and getting back at others for what they did to you. All indicators, all signs should be showing according to the world. That's how you should behave and act and react but Jesus Christ says, ye shall have peace. And when you demonstrate peace in those types of seasons, places, the world sees a reflection of Jesus Christ. Say, this person believes in something bigger, something greater. They have joy in the middle of this. They have peace in the middle of this. It inspires faith and hope to others. It's also a sign of maturity in the life of a believer. Look at that last point for today. Look at what this says. Joy is our wall of defense against the enemy. A joyless believer becomes a defeated believer. If Satan can steal your joy, he can destroy your life. When's the last time you thought of your joy as a defense? 
When's the last time you thought of your joy as something that you can use to battle and defend your life against the enemy? The enemy wants you to gripe. The enemy wants you to complain. The enemy's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you forfeit your joy to him, he uses that to kill and destroy your life, your family. Who wants to experience life today? Take back your joy. Say this with me. Not today. Devil, I'm coming out. I'm laying down the thing and I'm taking up Jesus Christ's joy. Because your joy is your defense. It's a defense against the scheme of the enemy on your life. As soon as you leave here today, you'll have an opportunity to go back to negative thinking. Go back to the issue. Go back to the thing. I shared our family's been under attack just last night. Ian failed the test again. Getting ready for doing things for church today. Go look for my church keys. Every key that I need for both campuses. Also have my gun cabinet key on that keychain. Always in my Bible bag. All week long. I only really only use it on Sundays sporadically through the week. Go try to grab my keys to go pick up the basket for our outlines for you guys today. And guess what? My keys are gone. Tore the house upside down and backwards. All the vehicles upside down and backwards. The keys nowhere to be found. And my attitude was not the greatest. All I wonder, design, scheme to kill, steal, and destroy my joy for the rest of my night last night. I, even going to bed last night, my head was still hurting. I don't lose anything. I never lose anything. It kills me inside. It was killing me. I lost these keys. And it's killing me because I'm going to have to ask Curtis for some new ones probably. And if you know Brother Curtis, that's not going to be a good conversation. That's pride, by the way. But I wonder if maybe the all scheme to kill, steal, and destroy the message that God wants to do today, for me to say today, it's always something bigger. And so if, if he can steal your joy, which he stole my joy last night for a few hours, then it can destroy other areas of your life. Don't be like Pastor Ian. Pass that test. When you lose something, when something gets stolen, killed, and destroyed, choose joy. Because if the enemy can't steal your joy, he can't kill you. The abundant life that Jesus said we can have you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. You will be left hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking everything. The enemy always wants you to see what you lack. Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross so that we could have abundant life. It's not God's will that you lack anything. That's the enemy's will. That's the enemy's plan for your life. So when I succumb to those little temptations where I feel like it's not going the way it planned, I feel like I'm, I'm lacking a certain thing in my life, that is not God's plan. He wants to give you everything. Say that word with me. Everything. It's the enemy's plan for you to feel like you're lacking and for you to go thirsty 
and for you to go naked, for you to go hungry, for you to feel like everything's breaking all the time, for you to feel like this or feel like that. That is not God's plan. That is not God's will. That is the enemy's plan and will for your life. I want to leave you with Psalms 23, just verse 1. A lot of y'all know Psalms 23. But look what the verse first says. Before David says, Lothar, I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Before he says all that, he says this. The Lord is my and I shall not want. Some translations say shall lack nothing. When the Lord is your shepherd, when you give God your faith and your trust, and all you need is the Holy Spirit just to show you. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I have what I have because God gave it to me. And if we can live like that and choose faith every day, we can have joy, we can be a people of prayer, and we'll have real genuine thanksgiving that not even the devil can steal from us. Amen? Let's pray together. Amen. Well, Heavenly Father, God, we, we love you and we thank you. We collectively join together in prayer and thoughts. just want to lift up our church and all those that are here today join us in the physical and even online today. We come to you. We ask forgiveness, God, for any way we've, we've failed or if we have sin in our lives. We want to move into your will today. We see that it's not just the destination, that living in your will is a multitude of decisions that we make every single day. God, so we give us three easy decisions to make today. God, we want to choose joy. And we want to be a people of prayer. And we want to have real thanksgiving. I want you just to, as I'm praying, to begin to let the Holy Spirit shine over your life right now. All the things that you have, all the things that you think you don't have your life totally and just begin to start thanking them for all the things. God, and we thank you for, for our lives. We thank you for all the things that we have. God, we see that it's without you, it's all for naught. I'm thankful that Jesus, you said yes to me and to us, to our church. In Jesus' name I pray. If you are a born-again believer today, I want you to pray for the lost right now, please. If you're here in church with us, or watching us online today, you say, Pastor Ian, I, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff today. I don't even, I just, I don't know where me and God personally stand. If, if you feel like in your heart right now, God's dealing with your heart, you've never said a prayer to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to change that today. I want you to know that God loves you, that he sees you, he forgives you. But if you hear, if you hear God dealing with your heart, saying you need, to, you need to accept me today, I want you to be able to respond to that today because our God is real and he loves real people. So if you're here today, you say, I want to pray to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to ask you to do something for me. It's not for me, it's for him so he can see that you... You hear what he's saying to you. I want to ask you just to lift your hand up really high, or you can stand up. One of the two. Amen. There's hands going up. 
And when no one's looking at you, I want you to just leave those hands up. Praise God. Just leave them up. Praise God. I want you to know before we all pray together that God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He forgives you. If you have a genuine desire to please God in this moment, you can get up out of here and you can live a life of faith that can please God. Amen. Thank you for those hands. I want to ask you to lower them. I want to pray over all of us today. I want you guys to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We believe in you. We confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me my past. Send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Woohoo. Man, a kingdom of God growing today in Jesus' name. So awesome. Who's glad you came to church today? <clears throat> Hope you enjoyed it. We're glad you came too. Amen. Hope to see you again next week. Y'all have a good, safe, thankful Thanksgiving. Amen. Y'all are officially dismissed.